What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Undisciplined by Design podcast. This is a show where we talk about creativity and innovation through the lens of cross-disciplinary collaboration. Today's episode is part two of a conversation with Sam Amos and Malcolm Lee, who each have more than a decade of experience progressing their design careers through large corporations like Nike and Bank of America, boutique design firms, high-end consultancies, and even building startups from the ground up. In this episode, Sam and Malcolm discuss the transition from focusing on craft and execution to setting a vision for other creatives as design leaders. They'll also share memorable educational moments and the joy of finding and translating creative inspiration from unexpected sources. Hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome everybody to the Undisciplined by Design podcast. My name is Aaron and I am your host. I'm a faculty member at the University of Cincinnati. I teach classes on innovation, design thinking, and digital storytelling. And we've been lucky enough this week to be doing some on-location recording. We're in one of my favorite cities in the country right now, uh, Portland, Oregon. Really excited about our guest today. So today we actually have two creative professionals, uh, both of which are alumni of the University of Cincinnati and have done some really cool things with their careers. So, but um, yeah, we're also today being hosted by the James brand, Sam's company that I'm sure he'll tell you a little bit about, but um, super cool to be here. And um, Alex is a student at the University of Cincinnati here with us as well. So we'll hear from her a little bit, but Sam, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your story and even where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Grew up in Cincinnati. Uh, went to DAP for industrial design. Been out here since uh, July of 2010. And since then, I've been through a few different jobs in the city, but finally found kind of what I what I feel like is a good route for me and uh, doing what we still consider a startup of a, a product brand at, at the James brand. Right on. Cool. Malcolm, what's what's up? What's your story? Hey, I'm Malcolm Lee. Uh, also UC grad, studied architecture and have been uh, like Sam in Portland ever since. Came out here 10 years ago. Had some work in the architecture field here and then about uh, seven or eight years ago, went to the agency side, design consulting, and I've recently found myself in a very unusual corporate design gig, which I can tell you more about later. Right on. Yeah. Alex, you want to tell us a little bit about you? Sure. So I'm currently a fourth year student in architecture at the University of Cincinnati DAP program. I'm really interested in how like you can start off in one thing and how over time your interests change. You know, thinking about that topic of, of change and, and renewal and, you know, reinvention and everything, I, it seems like neither of you have said this, but and you're both very humble, so you probably wouldn't say this, but you've you started to transition into more being creative leaders. You know, your, your careers have evolved to where both of you are leading teams or leading the building of companies in different ways. How have you walked through that transition of going from being the person who's making and doing and now you're kind of leading it? Are you still you're still touching the product as much as you once did? And are you finding yourself flexing different muscles than you used to? Yeah, it, it's it's not easy. I, I think probably one of the hardest jobs in design is, is like giving creative direction. Designers inherently want control. Right. Because that's what design is. You're making decisions and you're putting lines in certain places and, and you know, you, it, with the intent of getting things made, getting things built. And so, you know, the craft is, is always developed as, you know, one to one relationship between you and the design. And then you have to start collaborating with other people and you kind of give up a little bit of control and you learn to work with other people. But then when you're leading the work, it's even harder because you're not involved one to one in the process. You're, you're setting direction and hoping that what what you have in mind comes out in the end or, you know, you have to be open enough to see other possibilities in that. And I, and I think the best creative direction is when you're able to have something in mind, but hold on to it very loosely and be really clear about what the intent is and what you're trying to get out of it and what success might look like for for the thing. And and it's not an easy skill. And I think I think especially for designers, I've actually worked with creative directors who have not 
been trained in design math and I thought they were fantastic because, you know, they would, they would set direction and they would set, you know, priorities and things like that. And then you as the designer can, can Mm. work towards that. Yeah, that's great. I don't have any direct reports or management or anything, but a lot of what I'm doing is not directly design anymore. It's, it's development. It's, it's factory relationships. It's, it's building a supply chain, like all this kind of stuff that we're not taught and I'm learning a lot. But at the same time, like I'm still like rooted in I want to make stuff and design stuff. And my favorite like hour of the week is when I open Rhino and get to spend some CAD and mess around in there, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's still kind of where I go back to. And and a book I'm reading right now is um, Every Tool is a Hammer by Adam Savage, Mm -hmm. the guy from uh, Mythbusters. And it's it's really good to look at his stuff because he's like a maker to the core. But like his things that he does for his free time are still make things and, and like they're fully structured different than his full-time job and, and how he does it. So even if it's like a situation, if he's managing a whole team to build something that's, it's a different challenge. And um, yeah, that, I mean, it's been, it's definitely been the biggest change in my career. And, and, and I've always kind of realized that not every designer is meant to be a manager. And, and that's, mm, that's, definitely um, yeah. it's, it's very like apparent when you get in the real world, it's yeah. like, you're, like you're, you're not a manager, like you shouldn't be. And, and, and that's okay. Like there's, but, there's certain people that shouldn't be a manager and there's certain people that are like brilliant managers. So it just kind of comes down to that. If it's not for you, if, if you're doing management and you're kind of like at my point in my career, I'm like, I'm still always like trying to do other stuff on the side whenever, whenever I can, you know, it's just, it's always going to be there. So, and luckily I've had very good mentors and very good bosses in the past, like Paul Backett from Ziva when I was there, he now runs Evolve Collective. He was by far one of my favorite bosses and, and people. And um, if you can just like, remember those people and the people that got you where they are. Like that's, that's kind of going to help me define and um, managing people, you know? So, yeah. 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 I mean, I think, yeah, if you've got good mentors to model yourself on, I think that makes a huge difference. That's all part of it. So I think if you're a good collaborator, you'll probably make a good manager. Yeah. Could be wrong. I don't yeah. know. It seems like there's probably correlation or yeah. causation or yeah. one of those two or both. I want to hear about what you're teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm one of the classes that I'm most excited about is a fairly new creation since after you guys left UC, probably. Um, it's called Inquiry to Innovation is the course title. But there's a colon after Inquiry to Innovation because we always insert whatever our project or client that we're working with okay. is. So this class always involves collaboration with an external partner mm-hmm. and they have to come to us with a pretty messy problem that they want solved that isn't going to be linear and clear cut. The class has to be transdisciplinary in terms of who's in the class. So we won't do it if it's just all design kids in the class, right? So we intentionally are putting students together who have different backgrounds to try and create conversation and then have them tackle the same challenge, bringing what they bring to the conversation. So for the last couple of years, been working on a project with an architecture and design research firm in Cincinnati um, called BHDP. And we are doing a, a look at what the future of work will be. We've been very intentional about not saying the future of workplace or workplace yeah. design, which yeah. is what everybody wants to take it to. Yeah. But actually, like, what is work even? We're looking to build more of those kinds of things. Yeah. We actually had uh, last year, BHDP for the first time ever hired a strategy co-op because they met a student who was a psychology and fine arts double major who took the class. And they were just so blown away by the way she thought and the problem solving techniques that she used that they created a position for her. So she was almost like interviewing for her co-op job while being on the job. And uh, so we call that co-op 2.0. It's yeah, kind of the new, the new yeah. the way that we're evolving. So, yeah. So I hope that the future is more of that. And I think that's where we're headed. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for asking. It's great. Yeah. I mean, finding those other experiences is extremely important. You know, like actually one of my favorite classes that you see was 
it was an English class and we read five, I think five Pat Conroy novels. So he wrote like Prince of Tides and a couple Lords of Discipline and a couple others. And the end of it was like spring break. We went to, he's from South Carolina and in Charleston. And we went to Charleston for like a week of spring break and, and toured all like the sites that it was all written. And for me, that was amazing. Cause you're just like, this, this was a really fun class. Like the books were great. You know, like, I mean, my, my dad thought I was going to be illiterate until Harry Potter came out. And then, um, <laughs> So like for me, like to be able to read five books in a quarter was like huge, but, but also just like learning that culture and it had nothing to do with design. It had nothing to do with anything, but like it was another art form that you're studying. So, yeah. 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 yeah I think whatever you can do to, to, you know, make sure you've got exposure to different things outside of design is only going to make you a better designer. Yeah. You brought something up, you know, you both landed in Portland and partially because of certain jobs and then life happens and you decide to stay and everything. But is there a spirit or a vibe to Portland in particular that breeds that kind of creativity and, and unique thinking? I, I think Portland's a good place for designers because culturally anything goes in Portland. Yeah. And I think that's just a, it's a good environment for designers and artists and yeah. anybody that's working in a creative field to be in because, you know, there's, there's not really rules about what you can and can't do in Portland. No, know, yeah, yeah. To, to yeah. Point, Maybe but parking. Like, just, you know, yeah, but I mean, just like, yeah. just go spend some time walking around and you'll see yeah. like, yeah. everything goes mm-hmm. here. And, and, and you'll see the weirdest stuff ever, yeah. but that's like accepted here and it's, yeah. and it's, it's fine. So, and I, I think yeah. that's the other side of the coin of it being a good place for designers. Yeah. 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 So on the idea of weird What's the weirdest, like most abstract, like random thing you've ever been inspired by? And like, Aaron, I want you to answer this too. Like something that if you were like, oh, I designed this product or this idea came from blank, they'd be like, what? There was one at Ziva. We were we were working on a, a Wacom tablet and, you know, it's a, it's a rectangle made of plastic, you know? So it's like, how do you, how do you get like excited about like an object like that? And, and we actually, um, we had a brainstorm that was, uh, I, I called it a crinkle storm that I set up. And we basically like, we wrinkled a bunch of paper and put it on the, on the table and kind of laid it out. And the idea with that was that we were like creating this texture that then became the actual buttons of the, the tablet. Cause those buttons end up being like control Z. So it, it simulated the idea of like thro- wrinkling up your paper and throwing it in the trash or the recycle with, we're in Portland. <laughs> and so like kind of like, bringing that idea to like a very kind of like stale object um, was a, was a fun one, I thought. But for whatever reason, the thing that comes to mind is that I, I worked on a project with Alaska Airlines to, to help them figure out how to, how to improve the experience and the flow, uh, basically curb to gate, excluding TSA because nobody can help TSA. <laughs> um, you know, they, they have these scenarios where they might have 1100 passengers show up to check in within a 30 minute window. And so you have to kind of really think about how people move through space. And I like to fly fish and, and, and learn about how, you know, water moves through the river and, and this idea of kind of like streams and eddies and back eddies and things like that was applied directly to the way that we designed Alaska Airlines lobbies so that people you know, people that are just using their app for their boarding pass and are just going straight there in the middle of the stream. And the people that are, you know, got five bags and three kids and, and you know, maybe are missing a boarding pass, yeah. like they go into the back eddy and it kind of like swirls around a little bit. And, and you could overlay, you could overlay kind of a stream diagram over to over their, um, their check-in lobbies. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's that teased me up really well. So I was I had a stint in the music career kind of in between teaching for a while and then having some doors open to say, let's just try this and see what happens and move to Nashville to play in a rock band and things, you know, took weaving turns just like they do in any industry. And then I ended up running a concert venue for a while. So we actually had kind of a cool design challenge recently in the last four years of um, companies that were recruiting students from UC for co-ops 
trying to come to the regular career fair and not finding it to do what they needed it to do to actually make a connection with creatives. And so we set about trying to figure out like, how could we create basically uncareer fair, a career fair for creatives and still have the principles of what you're trying to do, which is create connections between companies that want to hire students and those students, but give them a, a forum to tell their story. Right. And so when it was all said and done, the amount of analogies and sort of transfers over of what we ultimately built that looked a lot like a music festival and a battle of the bands <laughs> was really pretty yeah. uncanny. And, and I, I mean, I actually will own that there is a lot of crossover between what you're trying to do ultimately, you know, but it's funny sometimes when I would realize I was using these analogies or explaining things to people in the room that had no idea or never been on the back end of what a music festival right. looked like or what yeah. about running a battle of the bands looked like. Right. But like a lot of the uncareer fair for, for creative students at UC, a lot of it has its roots in running a music festival you know, all of those things kind of overlapped. Um, so mine was actually this past summer. I was working for a company in Seattle and I kind of got looped into this Seattle design competition. They're like, okay, everybody come back to the next meeting and have an idea for a game that can be played in an art installation in a park. And I flashed back to an escape room I was in a couple of years ago where they had like this giant maze and you had to like get the ball out of the maze to put it in something to get a clue. And I was like, it's going to be a maze. And lo and behold, the installation for my company has several giant mazes on it nice. that will be nice. installed like next weekend. So oh, that's right. so cool. cool. I love that. I love those stories. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you asking that question. Yeah. Cool. Well, this has been so much fun. Always love chatting with both of you. And I think it's cool that the fact that we're here today with these students doing this, you get a lot of credit for. And Malcolm, you play a part in this too. So it was actually really cool that you were both here. But a year ago when uh, Jason, who's our producer, he and I were here meeting with companies, doing the things we usually do to try and build our partnerships um, with people who are creative leaders. And we were at lunch just talking about blue sky, kind of, you know, like what would be the next evolution? And you said something really, I think you sold that same story about going to South Carolina and then said something that you probably thought was very insignificant, was actually really profound, which was, you know, be cool is if you could get students out here just to see what's different about this city and this environment and meet some of the people that are doing cool stuff. And so we took that home with us and started talking about it. And then the next day, Malcolm, we were with you at Zeba and kind of listening to what you were doing in your career and the evolution of that. And then that got us going home and talking even more about like, you know, rather than us translating that story over to students, we just need them to come here and hear it. And so yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the course of like a 48 hour period, the two of you sort of coalesced on this idea that we took home and and brought to life really quickly so um that was super That's cool great. yeah yeah all right well thanks everybody thanks for hanging out um we'll see you next time cool thank, thank you very much thank you well thanks for checking out today's episode of the undisciplined by design podcast be sure to check out other episodes including part one of our conversation with sam malcolm and alex along with other episodes being added regularly we're still a relatively new podcast, so we'd love it if you'd give us some feedback and share it with a friend. Be sure to check out other episodes, and we'll see you next time.